Amen. Amen. Okay. That's good. That's good. Amen. I'm Isaiah Hollis. I'm the lead pastor here at the Power Place. Uh, Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to be empowered by His Spirit and His Word so that you can go and engage with your world. Um, and we appreciate honor around here because he appreciates honor. And, uh, and so last week, uh, Pastor Greg, can we just give it up for Pastor Greg and what he brought last week as he kind of peeled back the layers of honor and what honor looks like. Um, I, we value honor in such a great way here. And, and we say honor up, honor down, honor all around. And so as we do these things, it's not just honoring those above us. Um, which is honestly one of the easiest things to do. Children of today don't know how to even do that. And so honoring up is actually easy. Um, honoring down is really hard. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we honor all of those, and we, that's why we put it in, and then we honor all around. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that we want to be a house that honors those around us. That says, hey, listen, I, I, know, I know that the things are, you're, 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 but I honor you. I know it doesn't make sense, but I honor you. And, uh, and so we build this culture of honor. And as we build that culture of honor, God is honored in that. He's honored in that. So thank you, Pastor Greg, for bringing that and breaking that down for us, because it is so needed in today's day. The lack of honor is why the world is where it's at. Nobody cares. Nobody cares anymore. It's, it's my way or the highway. And so that's just how it goes. And so everybody has their own agenda, uh, which we all know is a problem. We all need to be on God's agenda. And when we're on God's agenda, everything works out. Amen. So um, anyways, happy Palm Sunday. Yeah, I was going to bring a palm branch in, but I couldn't make it over to Pastor Luke and Ashton's house to rip one off of their plants. So I couldn't make that happen. But in John 12, 12, it says, the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Now, they were praising him because of what he had done so far. They're like, yo, this man's coming to Jerusalem, and we have to honor him. We have to honor him. Grab, grab branches. Get your cloaks out. I don't know. We're going to lay it down. We're going to present. He's coming in on a donkey. Let's do this thing. Let's make sure we treat him right. And he's coming in off of the, the things that had happened in his life. People are honoring him because of that. They're honoring up. They're saying, hey, we've seen some things from you. We're going to lay down and honor you today. So we celebrate uh, today Jesus entered Jerusalem as Savior and King. Amen. 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 I want to take a moment to remember uh, Nashville, the school shooting that went on. Just want to read out the names of Evelyn, a nine-year-old, Mike, a 61-year-old, William, a nine-year-old, Catherine, a 60-year-old, Cynthia, a 61-year-old, and Haley, a nine-year-old. It's not okay. That's not okay. Uh, we don't have a gun control problem. We have a sin problem. Let me just go ahead and make it very clear for this house where we stand. Uh, we don't have a gun control issue. Uh, there's three point something million people in the world. There's over four million guns in houses. We don't have a gun control issue. If we did, everybody would be dead. No, we have a sin issue. 
We have a sin issue and the gun in the hand of a wrong person, a person that's dealing with sin, will battle those emotions and those feelings and act out. And that's a problem. And so we come against not what the crazies are coming against. We come against biblical issues. Sin. It's sin. Sin is the thing that broke this world down. Sin is the thing that tormented the shooter that day. Sin. Sin. Oh, she was mentally ill. Sin. She was battling some sin. She was questioning a lot in her life. There's a lot there. And so what happened was sin broke down, and then the end result was a Christian school getting shot up. And that's not okay. And so we stand today with those families. We pray with them. And, uh, and we, we, we say, hey, listen, it's not easy, but we're praying for you, praying for you. And so may we as a church rise, rise to come against sin, come against the proper things. May we come against the proper things and not just be a sounding gong. May we not just gather with our friends and start talking about the things that could have gone wrong. No, no, no. It's a sin issue. Let's just call it what it is so we can pray about it and get over it. Let's start to get things done for the kingdom. Amen? Amen. 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 Today, I've, I've, I've titled, it's very funny uh, how this morning has been set up because the Lord has been orchestrating this morning since Dream Team all the way through. Uh, this morning, I've entitled uh, my, my, my talk this morning, Sacrifice of Praise. Sacrifice of Praise. I, I love a house that knows how to sacrifice in praise how to lay it all down when we praise. There's, a, there's a, a, a thought process of mine that says, I won't give up talking about praise until the Lord releases an absolute craziness in this house. And then I had a check in my spirit because it wasn't held back by the Lord. It was held back by you. I'm like, okay, it's not a Jesus issue. It's an us issue. So the sacrifice of praise comes on our side. So the Lord wants to move in the house, but we have to give him room to move. We have to actually give him ourselves. So I want to I dive into this. Hebrews 13, 15 says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Pastor Hayford said, why is praising God a sacrifice? The word sacrifice in the Greek is thusia, comes from the root thuo, a verb meaning to kill or slaughter for a purpose. Praise often requires that we kill our pride, fear, or sloth anything that threatens to diminish or interfere with our worship of the Lord. We also discover here the basis of all our praise, the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by him, in him, with him, to him, and for him that we offer our sacrifice of praise to God. Praise will never be hindered when we keep its focus on him, the founder and completer of our salvation. See that? Even the Lord didn't want me to tell time today because he knew I was going to go over. 
Paul reminds us to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service in Romans 12.1, Jesus' cross, his blood, his love, gift of life and forgiveness to us, remind us to keep offering continual praise as a living sacrifice before the Lord. I would ask the question, are you laying down a sacrifice of praise or are you just comfortable offering a praise to keep the big man happy? Do you come into the house to lay down a sacrifice of praise to say, Lord, I am sacrificially laying my body down? I'm sacrificially laying it all down? Or are you happy with just being like, here's your offering of praise? I sure hope you're happy because that's about all I got today. What does it look like in your world to go from your car with your screaming children, get them into class, sit in your seat, and then disconnect from that mentality to enter into the Father? What does that look like? What does that look like in your world to go from a stressful job all week to be, you know, hankering down, like just holding on tightly, hoping that everything doesn't go chaotic, to walk into this house and be like, okay, God, I'm going to give you everything. What does that look like? A lot of us walk into this place and our praise is actually dictated and determined by what we walk through that week. So if we have a good week, man, we can probably praise. We can come in and praise. It's going to be great. But the sacrificial praise when I ain't feeling it, dude, you crazy. How could I enter into sacrificial praise with the week you just saw? God, you say you see everything. You saw what I just walked through. How dare you think I can come into this place and praise you with sacrificial praise? You got rocks in your head. Let me go back up to Hebrews 13, 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. It's funny to me that he didn't say through Jesus, therefore, let us continually, if it's good circumstances, offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Now, why didn't he put that part in there if it means so much to us that we can only praise when we're having a good week? What, what does that mean? Why? Or maybe you're so far gone that everything is so bad that you finally have to hit your knees. Two very div, uh, dangerous positions to be in. Two very dangerous positions to be in if those are the only times you hit your knees. If the times that you're, 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 you're oh, I, I need more because you've had the worst week ever. And if God doesn't intervene, your marriage is going to crap. Your kids are probably going to hell. Your family is definitely your mother-in-law. All these things crazy, like done nuts. Not my mother-in-law. Sorry about your luck. She's here. So we got, I had to reel that one in real fast. Listen, my mother-in-law is good, okay? She makes some good food. We lived together for 14 months, and she made me food. We had devotional talks in the morning. Not at night. She goes to bed early. But 4.30 a.m., man, we were chatting it up. Through Jesus, let's go there. Through Jesus... Through him, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. 
My situation does not dictate my praise. We say this all the time here. We say this all the time. No, no, no. My praise, it dictates my situation. It goes in and starts to change things up. It determines where I'm headed. So if I can praise when everything's breaking loose and everything's going crazy, then I should be able to praise when everything's okay. Even when everything's just mediocre. I don't know. I don't know, really know if I'm feeling it yet. I mean, Pastor Lana, he's struggling to get to my song today. You know, like I've got my list of like 12 songs. And if he doesn't hit one of those, like, really? I mean, I don't know if I'm actually going to enter. And then we'll see if he has the audacity of playing it in A rather than the key of C like I like, you know, like, are you actually going to play what I need today? Like that becomes your prayer on the way over. Lord, I pray that he actually hears your voice today so that I can, I can enter in. Like, like this is where some of us live. It's, it's this, it's this dictatorship with God. You're driving on the way over to church, man. He better not say anything offensive today. Guy ain't going back. Then don't just go. Stop. Stop talking to God and daring him and warning him. You're literally warning God. Like, and I, I, I pray, I pray that God can get a hold of you and start to tweak things in you to take away the offense and start to bring on some conviction. Amen. Amen. It's, I'm done. I'm done with the church that's like all wounded and injured and hurt and everything because of all the offense. No, no, no. Let's turn it into conviction and change some things. That's why, we, that's why we value real. We lean into hard conversations because intentional conversations lead to health. It's not always easy. It's not easy. It's intentional. It's saying, hey, let's, let's have a real conversation here. Listen, I'm a little offended about what you said. I'm trying to work it out because I know you said don't be offended, be convicted. So I'm trying to work it out. Can we have an honest conversation? Let's talk. I would love it. Be great. But no, 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 no. That's not how the church acts today. No, it's, oh, we're never going back there. Oh, they're offensive. And then you just bounce. Church to church to church. Ain't no pastor ever going to make you happy because the Bible don't make you happy. Like, like, that's your problem. Like, we can't even read the word of God and feel convicted. We read the word of God and we're like, skip. You don't skip in the word of God. You can't skip a page. That page is alive. And when you skip that page, you skip a blessing for you. You can't just skip in the word of God. You can't just go through. We're a church that believes from cover to cover. And so we don't leave anything out in between. That, that's where we stand. That's what we do. That's why it's really easy to either get on board or run. Because <laughs> you're like, dude, I can get down with this. Or no, not for me. And honestly, like my heart goes out to the people that can't get on board with the whole word. Like they just want to pick out the few Instagram sayings that, that are going around viral. Like that's so lame. It's so shallow. There ain't nothing there. There's no fruit. If you follow that tree long enough, I promise you it will stop bearing fruit. You just got the only lying apple there and you're like, ooh, that tastes good. But if you actually dive in, you're going to see what's going on behind the scenes. What goes on in a staff meeting. I want to be a church that's the same way on the stage that we are in the staff room that we are back in our home. Yes. Nothing's going to change. You can go be a fly on the wall of any of our staff of houses. I promise you that. Go get it. Be a fly. Turn into a fly. Go. Go hang out. Nothing's going to change. 
I know these people inside and out. That's why they work here. If they weren't that way, they'd go. We're not tolerating that. It's my favorite saying. Love that. I don't tolerate sin. I don't tolerate hanging on the fence. Nah, 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 nah. If you can't control your mouth in here, I know you ain't controlling your mouth out there. If you can't control what you watch in here, I know you ain't controlling what you're watching out there. Give me a list. I want to see. I want to know. Where's your fruit? Do you have any? Or do you just have a basket for Sunday? But if I followed you home, you're like, man, we're fresh out. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I, I didn't talk to her like that. Okay, maybe I did, but I'm sorry. Like You can't even treat your wife right. You can't treat your husband right. You can't treat your kids right because you've got no fruit. Because the Bible doesn't the Bible, you can't skip. The sacrifice of praise for some of you that have not gotten it yet, and I will not move on in this house until I feel like it's caught on. I can't get a release from it. And so the sacrifice of praise is biblical. And so we stay there until we get it. Why? Because it's like a child. No. What do you say? Thank you. Uh, what do you say? Thank you. you know how many times I have to say that as a parent? It gets annoying. I might just say, thank you. Gosh. And now, you know, London, she's like the perfect, like, thank you child. And so she's like, thank you so much. It means so much to me. I'm going to take it home and I'm going to think. She's all that. I'm like, just be like your sister. <laughs> say thank you. Watch her mimic her. But it's, it's repetitive. As a parent, it's repetitive. Say thank you. Say, what do you say? 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 Make eye contact. Make sure to look at him. Say thank you. Say thank you. Make sure to look at him. You weren't looking at him. You said anything. You can't just say thank you. You're not looking at him. You got to have eye contact. What are you doing? Why are you not looking at him? You got to say thank you. Thank you and look at them at the same time. What are you doing? Sometimes that's how I feel when I get up here. I'm just being completely real. We value real. Welcome into your intentional conversation. Sacrifice of praise. Because it's needed. It's needed. It's not just needed when you're hurting, and it's not just needing when you're in full joy. It's needed in the in-between. It's daily. Daily I lay down a sacrifice of praise. Acts 16, verse 16. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. I love that because you know when a man has the authority from God, at that moment, the demon left. Didn't have to talk to it a million times over to coax it out, to be like, oh, don't play with me. Come on, man. What's going on? No, no, no. It's, hey, you need to go. And the demon's like, yo, this man's got power and authority. I'm out. Now, notice that they weren't searching for the demon. The demon found them. And with all the authority that was inside of him, he said, hey, you got to go. You got to go. I'm not a demon hunter, but if it pops up, I'm going to take care of it. Does that make sense? This house believes in deliverance, 
Because when it comes and needs to go, you'll be delivered. I love it. I love deliverance. Deliverance is a beautiful thing. And I told you a couple weeks, a couple, maybe a month ago, I don't know, however long ago, deliverance is beautiful and the church has tainted it. Church has made it this crazy, ugly thing. It's a beautiful thing. And how we walk through what it looks like is needs to be biblical. Turn around, come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas. Notice this. When God comes in, the world goes crazy. No, 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 no. What? They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar. Get get ready, because when revival smashes Kenneth Square... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. They're throwing the city into an uproar. These people are happy and they're dancing and shouting while they worship. And it's weird. No, it's called sacrifice of praise. Throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Let me give you the law. Let me, let me break this down for you and, and let you understand why they're stepping out of the guidelines of how we stand as people. The crowd joined in in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I mean, wouldn't that just be your first knee-jerk reaction? You've just been beaten chained up in a cell. Why not just sing? By midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Paul and Silas were in a moment where they did what was right. All he did was cast a demon out. He got annoyed. Paul got annoyed. He's like, yo, you're annoying. You got to go. Paul's an act of deliverance. God works through him. Demon goes. Town doesn't like it. They shut him down. They put him in. They beat them. Chain him up. Paul and Silas go immediately to worship. And they just start singing. They start singing praise. 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 We praise you. Loud enough for the other prisoners to hear them. You know, we value the proper loud in this house. It's loud enough for the other prisoners to hear them. They're all all chained up in their cells and like, what is going on? Uh, Who's singing? And why are they singing? I heard that they got beat, stripped and beat. So humiliated and beat. Wait, even though they were humiliated and beaten, they're in here singing? Who are these guys? 
Paul's house or over there like, Jesus, we love you, Lord. Jesus, we love I can just imagine them doing like motions and everything. They're just sitting there just getting it. They're like, oh yeah, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Oh, Jesus, you're the Lord of my Sorry, I just went back to Sunday school days. I was like reliving all my things they taught me. And all the other prisoners are sitting there like, what is, do you feel that? Do you feel that? There's, there's a shaking going on. And all of a sudden, the heavenly realms meets earth and starts to shake things up because that's what he does. That's what he does. When people come in unity, and I could just feel, I could just feel the other prisoners sitting in their cell and be like, do you feel that? I feel something. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't felt this yet. I, I mean, until those guys got here, I was just like, you know, like downcast on my soul. But now that they're here, I feel like something. You feel that? You feel that? Yo, psst, hey, you. Yeah, you, yeah. Do you feel that? Like, just something, something, something's happening. There's something. And then all of a sudden, the ground starts to shake. And then the doors. And then shack, shackles break. And then, and then they come out. And the guard's like, ah, I don't know, because I felt that same power too, so I just got to go. There, I, I won't be able to take it on because I felt the power that was in the room. And Paul's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't got to go anywhere. His love will get you too. Ho, ho, don't, don't do anything. You're good. You got family? Great, let's go. Let's go. We're going to go to your family. That's good. Hold on, hold on. I love it that God didn't just shake Paul and Silas's cell, but he shook the prison. He shook the prison. He didn't just say, oh, those are my two guys. It's going to be good. Yeah, you go ahead. There's your shackles. You're good. Yep, yep, get them on the way out. You're good. No, no, no. He shook the prison, but they're not worthy of it. Yeah, but through them, they are. Because they hold me. And since they hold me, there's a world change happening in just the prison. Come on. Oh, but I don't know if my sacrifice of praise is going to be heard. It's just for me and the Lord. Just going to stand here quiet because it's just between me and him. Nobody else is welcome into my praise with the Father. No, that's your daily encounter. You're, you're misconstruing some things. This is corporate encounter. You can have that moment alone in your private prayer closet, which you should get one. This area is for a sacrifice of praise with people in unity doing it together. That's why we lay it down and we become undignified in his presence. Well, I don't like that word undignified. Then you don't like the Bible. It's simple. Well, that's not the way I worship. Then you should change it. <laughs> well, I'm not comfortable with that. As you can tell, we don't care about comfort zones. <laughs> it's great. I was raised in a home that literally did not care what people thought. And then I married a wife that let me be me. When I met Brittany, the moment I met her, I knew something was different. Because she reminded me of me. She didn't care. Her standards growing up were, 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 were incredible to keep her safe. Like, you're weird too. I feel a chemistry. <laughs> you're a little odd. Can we date? It was just like, it was like this, this moment. I remember the first Sunday she walked into church. She walked into church. She's like, who owns the Jeep outside? I was like, it's me. It's a sign. 
But you know what's funny is, is Brittany and I, we, we, we build a friendship first. A lot of people rush into just, oh, let's just date. I will figure it out when we date. Nah. Nah, build a friendship. I didn't know Brittany liked me until I asked her out. It was awful. She didn't let me in at all. Like, not at all. I just wanted a sign, a glimpse of hope that my ask would be received. We were friends for over a year. I knew nothing. I remember we're driving through a neighborhood. I'm in my Jeep. I looked over at her. I was like, hey, I got to ask you something. How, how do you feel about me? <laughs> Stupidest question ever. It's great. And she responded with the wisest answer. She goes, I don't know. How do you feel about me? At that moment, I opened up her door. I pushed her out, and I just kept driving. No. I was like, I, I, I like you. And I would like to pursue something. And I remember this like moment. She was like, I like you too. And I was like, dude, something happened. It's, it's, everything changed. It was like a moment. But guess what? We were equally yoked. And I had known the Lord actually had spoken to me about her and what was to come. And even so, I still said, hey, listen, I'm going to hold off on like pursuing hard. I just, I just honestly want to date and, and just get to know you on this level. And I'm telling you, God started to work it out. And guess what I noticed in her? Sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice of praise. There was a sacrifice of praise. When we, when we would come into his presence, it was no longer that I was standing next to her. I was standing before the Father. And then I would look over, and she didn't care that I was standing next to her. She just wanted to be in front of the Father. I'm like, this, this doesn't make sense. We love each other. But yet, when we come into his presence, this is this right here. I didn't come to church for Britt, and Britt didn't come to church for me. Oh, I just convicted a lot of you because that's the reason you came this morning. And this is the problem. This is the problem with today is that church has no longer become about him. Church has become about everybody else. And that's why when we worship, we worship with one eye open, just making sure everybody else around us is liking the way we're praising. Are you approving the way I praise? Is this approvable? That's a problem. What if we all came into this place just wanting to lay it down? Like, like what if? I'm talking from oldest generation down to youngest generation. I walked in this morning to Dream Team, and I sat right here as uh, they, were, they were wrapping up worship, and little Riker Smack came in, and he, he just literally got right here on his knees, and, and it didn't matter who was around. He got on his knees, and he just went like this, and he just sat in his presence. He's five. He's five, and he outworshiped most of you. He's five. And you might be saying, Isaiah, you're judging us hard. Yeah, I am. I'm totally judging you very hard. I'm throwing you all into a lump because I want you to get where I'm going. I want you to understand what I'm saying. There is fruit on the other side of your sacrificial praise. I don't care if you don't feel like it. That's not what it's about. Amen. 
Verse 29, the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul in silence. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Huh. I missed the part where they did like a Jesus spiel. Huh. So you're telling me just through their worship, he got it? Wait, just from hearing them praise, seeing things happen in the heavenly realm, they got it? They got it just from hearing them praise, jail doors. Now, he doesn't know that God opened up the doors. He's not even saved, but he felt it. He knew it. He was attracted to it. He said, something's different here. That's why when we walk into this place, you feel the Holy Spirit. It's like, something is different. It's because this morning we gave him the room. We gave him everything. We said, Lord, you can have us. You can have our obedience. You can have it all. We're holding nothing back. We give you honor today by laying down sacrificial praise. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. Notice that. Notice that. They came, he came to them. Then they taught. Then they taught. Oh, you're hungry? Let me teach you. Let me take you. I'm going to disciple you now. Let's do this. We're going to do this together. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. They wasted no time. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Praise is contagious. Your praise, say it, say my praise, is contagious. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. Oh, so everything's changing now. So you get to beat us and strip us. But now that you want us to go, now we have to go in peace. I see how your liberal agenda looks. This is a problem. And if they would have went quietly, I'd have matched them up with every COVID scared church out there. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens and threw us into prison. And now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No. Actually, that's an exclamation point. No. <laughs> Let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they were met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. They said, ah, no, 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 we're going to go by Lydia's real quick, okay? We'll catch you in 20. We're going to go by Lydia's. If something breaks out there, we're fine. We're going to chill. 
We're, we're going to Lydia's house first because you're not going to tell us what to do because you beat us, stripped us, and jailed us. And now you just want us to leave quietly. That's a problem. That's a problem. This is, this is where rubber meets the road for the church because we come in quietly, kind of do our thing and just get out. I'm sick and tired of the grace message where it's just grace and love, grace and love, grace and love. Let's just be happy and love everybody. That's a problem. No, 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 no. You wronged us. We're not leaving quietly. We're going to stand for what we believe and we'll march out of here when we're ready. Let's go by Lydia's house, silence, just to prove a point. I can see it. I can see it. Paul's feisty. He's, he's feisty. He's like, yo, let's go. We're going to go to Lydia's house. We'll chill there. You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. And then we'll leave. But they better come to us because we're not going to them. Ooh, but, but you know what got them here? Praise. Time with the Father. Moments in his presence. Getting on their knees before the Lord hearing his voice, daily encounters, knowing who he is, knowing what he's made of and how he can react and respond to things, knowing that when you're a son of the Most High, you hold the power of the Most High when he works through you. And when they know that, they act and respond differently. So this position brought upon the breaking out position, which brought apart, I ain't leaving until they come to get me. This is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're not bowing down. Who do you? No. My God can and he will, but even if he doesn't. No, 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 no. No, we're not bowing down. Well, you're the only three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. So we stand. It's a sacrifice of praise, laying it all down. Stonewall Jackson went from being an orphan to one of the most valued generals in the Confederate Army. He was born Thomas Jonathan Jackson on January 21st, 1824 in Clarksburg, Clarksburg West Virginia. Self-educated, Jackson went to West Point Military Academy and graduated 17th in his class. As a U.S. Army officer, he fought in the Mexican War. He had some quiet years after that, teaching military tactics and physical science at the Virginia Military Institute. He spent summers enjoying art and culture. Then, in 1861, the Civil War started, and Jackson led troops to battle for the Confederacy. He got his nickname at the Battle of Bull Run in Virginia. During the gunfire and confusion of the battle, Confederate General Bernard E. B. said, there is Jackson standing like a stone wall. The soldiers under his command came to admire his stubborn courage and started calling him Stonewall Jackson. As a general, he fought in many battles until he was wounded by friendly fire at the Battle of Chancellorville in Virginia in 1863, excuse me, I'm sorry, and died eight days later from pneumonia. Stonewall Jackson. Look there, Stonewall Jackson and his stubborn Ooh, look at the stubbornness of that boy. Ooh, ooh, wait, wait, wait. Ooh, that's stubborn courage right there. 
He stood. Chaos going on around him. And he stood. His circumstances did not dictate his reaction. He said, I came to fight. and I'll stay until the end. Call it what you want. But I'm going to stand here like a stone wall. Don't let your surroundings change your stance. God is he's too good to give him the leftover praise. It concerns me when I see a church body that is held back by their body. Psalms 150 verse 6 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You're not exempt. The word everything means in the Greek, everything. And in the Hebrew, it means everything. I don't even know if that is actually true. I just, I just made that up. We have to praise. No, let me rephrase that. We get to praise. And the fact that sometimes we're held back to praise is not the problem because it's easily pushed through. I'm proof of that. There's moments I walk into this room and I don't feel like giving it my all. Well, those are feelings. And you know what I do with feelings? I flush them down the toilet because they don't do me any good. I've never gotten fruit from my feelings. I have never, I have never had fruit from my feelings. I've had a lot of feelings. And when I act on those feelings, it normally ends up in problems, which normally leads me to more conversations. And it's just a circle of yuck. Feelings are awful. The Spirit of God wants to come in and lead you through discernment. So when I come into this place and I've got this, like, oh, I, I just, I'm, I'm having like a struggle, like whatever, then my discernment's like, you better get up, boy. What are you struggling with, boy? You're, you're having some issues right now and you need to get through this. I'm like, you're right. There it is. Here we go. We're going to go right there. You're not exempt from having feelings. It's what you do with them that matters. I'm serious. Uh, you can walk in here having one of the greatest weeks and then sit in your seat because you just feel so blessed. This is me just being awe. But that doesn't do anything. He's up in heaven. He's like, okay. Is that all you got? Is that your sacrifice of praise? Is that what you, th this is it? I just, I just walked with you that entire, this is all, you, what? Are you, you're going to sit? What did you stand up, boy? Come on, let's be real. 
A lot of us struggle with this. And honestly, this message is one of the most offensive messages ever because everybody in the room gets offended in some way because they think I'm calling them out personally. Honestly, and this is why I love it. I love it. Why? Because I'm calling you to greatness. I can't leave you where you're at. You cannot stay there and grow. You can't, because if in your mind you think that it's okay to come before the Father that laid his son down for you, and you can't even lead a, just leave a little bit of a sacrifice of praise, we got an issue here. There, there's something going on in, the, in, in your realm versus the heavenly realms, and there's something missing. You're, you're missing something if you can't lay down a sacrifice of praise. And God wants to work through you. Worship team, you can come, please. Pastor Jasmine says, I don't want to give you something that costs me nothing. I don't want to give you something that costs me nothing. I don't want to give you something that costs me nothing cost me nothing. This is easy. I got the blood roll into my hand. I'm good. Everything's chilling. I can't even pocket this one because it's not doing anything. Look, jaws in relaxed position. It's great. I could actually probably take a nap with my hand in this position. This costs me nothing. And I understand there's, there's growth. Okay. Please, please don't take this as like a hate speech. There's growth in worship, but I believe when you actually encounter his face, you can't help but to praise. So then my question is, I wonder whose face you're singing for, because if you can't enter in to praise him, I wonder who you're trying to praise. And if you're okay with just standing there with your hands in your pockets, I wonder if what you're praising is your bills from the week, your work, and what you're getting ready to do after you leave church, the thing that you plan for your Sunday afternoon, the thing that you're excited to get to after church, because church was just a calendar appointment, and you don't have a real deep relationship with God. So when you come into his presence, and his presence is here, and his face is right there ready for you to see, you've chosen to see nothing but it. And that's scary, because if you can see everything but his face, that's an issue. You can stand with me, please.